Hey, good morning. So glad you're here today. Uh, Easter Sunday, uh, the Super Bowl of Sundays, and you're here, you're part of it. So glad that you're here, and I want to thank the people that are sitting out in the overflow. Thanks for sitting out there, guys, and allowing people to sit in here, or maybe you got here late and we had a seat for you, and we're glad you're here anyway. And thinking about there are times in our lives where that are just bigger than others. They're just moments that are bigger. We go through our days. They're just bigger. Um, we treat them differently. And I think about the day you were born. That was a big day. You weren't there, but it was, a, I mean, you were there, but you don't remember. You were there. You were there, but you really weren't there, but you were there. It was a big day though. Look, it was big. It is so big that you celebrate that every year. Every year you celebrate that big day, that happening, the big day. You, remember, uh, you don't remember this, probably your first steps, your first steps. That was a big day. You, you were wobbling and you hit the ground and you fell and you busted your face up, but everybody was so happy that you took some steps and you, or you said, you mumbled something and, went, and said, he said, mama, no, he said, daddy, no, no. And it just, it was just this big moment that he's, he's talking. She's talking now. She's saying my name. And it was a big, big, big moment. And that you, you, you go on through your life and, and you had these big moments. The time that you got your driver's license. You remember that? That was a big moment. You were like, who needs me to go to the store? You remember that? I'll get milk. Well, who needs milk? I, I, we need anything here. I'm, I'm, I'm your man. I'm your woman. I'll, I'll do it. Or, or your, your first job, your first job, or, or really not your first job. It was your first paycheck. You remember that? You got your first one. Man, I am, I am making money. And then you go through life and you think about graduations, marriage, kids, retirement. You have these moments that are just bigger. And today is that moment. Today is that moment. Today is the day that we celebrate the biggest moment in the history of the world. It is the biggest moment. Listen, I'm telling you, it's the biggest moment in the history of the world where we celebrate a dead guy coming back to life, and it's the most absurd, you've heard me say this before, it's the most absurd event in the history of the world that we believe that we've built this whole thing on this one fact, this one belief that Jesus Christ died, was dead for three days, and then rose from the dead. And it's absurd. You look up the word absurd in the dictionary, be a picture of Jesus rising from the dead. I'm telling you, that's how absurd it is. But mark my words, listen, I believe with all my heart. Many of you believe with all your heart. And today I want to talk to you about what's the big deal with Easter? Why is this such a big deal? Why is it so big? And I've got two things for you. The first is this. The scripture right here where Paul says, I passed on to you what was most important. He says this was the most important thing of anything. And he's talking to the church, but he's talking to us. And he says, I passed on what was most important to you. I mean, to me, he says, Christ died for our sins. Just as the scripture said, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. And he marks this, he says, this is the most important thing. But the, the second part of this is, is, why is that the most important thing? Why? Why is this so important? Why is this thing that, that people think we're crazy for believing? That when you get up and you go to church on Easter, that you're riding by and somebody's cutting their grass and thinking, that guy's whacked. Look at them, they're going to church. They believe in a dead guy rising. They, 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 they believe this crazy nonsense of this absurdity. Why is it most important? And I'm going to tell you why, and that's why you're here today. The first is this. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead then we are all doomed. I'm going to say it again. We're all doomed. I know some of you are saying, that's a strong word. That's too strong. No, I'm telling you, we're all doomed. 
Now, there's moments where we think we're doomed. When uh, we, less than I have four kids, and I was a youth minister for a long time, and I left the youth ministry world to go and help a friend of mine start a church, I took a pay cut. Took a pay cut to go do this, and this is not about me being a great guy or anything. I just felt like it's what the Lord called me to do. And we had two kids at that time, went to Charleston, South Carolina, and in the midst of being in Charleston, South Carolina, we ended up with four kids. I don't know how that happened, (laughs) y'all. But I know this, I know this that my margin in my budget became so thin, so thin. The church was paying me all they could, but it was so thin that if anything happened in our life, I felt like it was impending doom. You ever been there? I mean, I thought, so we have car problems. I think, man, we're going down on this one. They're going to get the house. We're going to be living on this street. I, I had these thoughts. This is doom. Paul writes, listen to He he writes and he says, hey, listen, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then we're all doomed. I'm going to run through some stuff. And I love this. I love that Paul addresses this. I love that it's in and it's about Easter, about Jesus rising from the dead. But the whole thing that, that this thing's either real or it's not. And if it's not real, then we are all just simply wasting our time today. And you may be thinking that. You may be thinking, man, this is crazy talk. But look what Paul writes here. He says, if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless. I know some of you think mine's useless anyway, but anyway, he says, and your faith is useless. Just a big waste of time that Christianity is a sham. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. You're still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are still lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, then we are to be pitied more than anyone in the world. And Paul walks in there and it's so strong. He says, your faith is useless. The preaching is useless. Your very life is not what you thought. There's no hope. There's no forgiveness of sins. And if you're following Christ today, he says, if you're following Christ today and this isn't real, then man, I pity you. Man, that is strong, isn't it? That is him talking about that we are doomed. Now, here's the thing about us. We don't think we're doomed. As a matter of fact, a lot of us have what I call country music theology. Now, how many of y'all like country music? You don't have to. I like 80s, but I like country. It's okay. I was listening to 80s one day. One of my kids said, what is that? I said, that's, that's music, buddy. But you know what happens when you play a country music song backwards, don't you? You get your wife back, your house back, your dog back. You know that, don't you? That's not what I'm talking about, country music theology, though. Country music theology is this. That if I'm a good enough person, that if I do more good things than bad things, you listen to the songs, that I'm going to make it to heaven, that I'm going to be okay. And I want you to hear this from me. If Jesus Christ didn't raise from the dead, if he didn't rise from the dead, then you're not going to make it. You're doomed. As a matter of fact, if you're living thinking that you're going to be good enough, it'd be like you being, you may think I'm good at jumping. That'd be like you having to jump to the moon. You're not going to jump to the moon. All your jumping, all your practice, all your training, all your, it's not going to get you there. That's what I'm telling you. That 
Christ had to rise from the dead, that your relationship with Christ, you accepting Christ, believing in Christ, is all built on this one thing, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That's why this is important. But the good news today is this. Since Jesus Christ did rise from the dead, this changes everything. That there is hope. There is forgiveness. There is a purpose for your life. There is a God who has been seeking you out your entire life. There's a God who is with you right now, that if you've accepted Christ and he rose from the dead, giving us the power to live this life and the ability to live beyond with him in heaven. But that's what's going on here. And I love this right here where Paul says this, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, but in fact. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Paul who wrote this. This was a guy who persecuted the church. But he tried to kill Christians. He, he wanted to see them thrown in jail because he didn't believe. But he had an encounter with the risen Jesus. And I want to walk through this for just a second. It's a little technical, but hang with me for a second. Look at this scripture right here, the next one. He walks through, he says, but in fact, Christ has raised from the dead. And then he says this right here, because I know there's some people here that are skeptical. Like, you really believe it? Could it really? I'm going to share something with you. He was seen by Peter, and then by the twelve, and after that he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. Now let me share this with you. Some people believe that the body of Jesus was, was, was stolen, but that somebody stole it and he didn't really rise from the dead. As a matter of fact, Muslims believe that, uh, I just learned this from, from my son, that Muslims actually believe that, that Jesus, uh, that they crucified Jesus, Judas and they hid Jesus for three days and then they brought him back. That that's what his, his disciples did. But I, wanna, I want you to look at this right here. It says that Christ raised from the dead and he appeared to Peter and he was seen by more than 500 people. Now look at this next line. Most of whom are still alive. Do you know why that's in there? So they could say, yeah. Instead of saying, hey, Billy Bob saw him. Well, where's Billy Bob? Well, he's, he's not here anymore. No, Billy Bob's here. Well, go get him. What'd you see? You remember the People's Court? You ever watch the People's Court? Judge Wapner. Anybody remember that? Great show. Great show. It's not around anymore. But the People's Court, i never forget the People's Court. They'd have these people on there, and a guy would have a witness. A guy would come in. He'd have a witness, and Judge Wapner say, were you there? And he'd say, no, but, but, I, but, I, but he told me. He said, were you there? He said, no, but he told me. He told, he told me. He said, I don't care if you weren't there. I don't want to hear about it. Sit down. And what Paul is saying here is that we got people who were there, that they've seen that Jesus did rise from the dead, and it changed their life. Disciples went from, when I think about why I believe in the resurrection, because the disciples went from being scared to running to dodging. Peter denied him that they went back and they were fishing, that they went to the place where they were dying for him. That every one of Jesus' followers were crucified or had their heads cut off, were sawed in two or whatever. They were burned at the stake. Every one of these 12 followers were killed because of their faith because they saw the risen Savior and he changed their life. He changed their life so much that they were willing to die. Let me ask you this question. If I said that I was going to die and I was going to be raised three days later, if I didn't raise that next three days... If you didn't see me again, is any of y'all going to die for me? I don't think so. If they hid me in a, in a room and I came out after three days and went, ta-da! 
and you knew about it, that they hid me? Is any of y'all going to die for me? Absolutely not. But let me tell you something. If I were to die and I rose from the dead, I believe some of y'all might die for me. You saw me rise up from the dead. You think, hey, I'm going to follow this. And this is what I love about Andy standing. He says, if you don't know what to believe, believe in the guy who died and rose again. And this is what I'm telling you. This is why it's so important that Jesus not only changing lives, changing the lives of these guys, then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. And last of all, I had to be born at the right time. I mean, at the wrong time. I saw him also. Paul says, I saw him too. What I want you to see today is Jesus doesn't just change lives back then. He's changing lives now. I'm going to ask Sonia Hopper to come on the stage. I'm going to talk to her for just a little bit. Come on up, Sonia. If you'd welcome her. Is she here? There she is. Yeah. I want you to hear from somebody that's not paid. I know you're thinking, I get paid to say these things. I'm serious. This is Sonia. She and her family serve on this campus. And she and I actually work out at the same gym together. Not together, but we're there at the same time sometimes. We, wear, we match. See how we're matching? We coordinate. <laughs> I sent Sonia three questions. We'll probably hit two of them. First is this. Sonia, why do you believe in Jesus? Well, I mean, first of all, I've, I believe in the Scripture. Um, I believe what it says. Um, I, didn't, I didn't get to physically see Jesus, but I have felt his presence. Um, he has walked me through dark valleys. Um, and, you know, I, th I think as you go through, I mean, at, at 50, almost 52, I was having a hard time, what do I not tell you guys? I mean, we don't have enough time for me to tell you all the things that Jesus has done for me. Um, but the two biggest things I remember is um, my mother um, went through, I and mean, we slowly watched her decline and eventually die when I was 38. And it was hard. And when I went through that, I remember not always feeling Jesus' presence. Um, but God used that time because he knew what was coming. You know, 11 years later, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, that was in 2020 during COVID. So it was like, what else can you throw at us? Um, but he, he walked me through that. And because of what I had experienced with my mom and other things that have happened in my life, that was a biggie. That prepared me for that. I was able to look back and remember, that's what Jesus did then. I know he's going to see me through this. Um, and one of the, the biggest ways, like I, I, I have a pretty you know, good sense of humor, I think, and uh, dry sense of humor, I guess. And I think God speaks to me that way. And that's the way Jesus revealed himself. Um, I remember the first day I went to chemo, and I was terrified. Um, mostly terrified that I wasn't going to be at the gym <laughs> and what, what was going to happen, what was my quality of life going to be like. And I remember um, when I first sat down, you know, they treat you like a queen or a king, whatever it might be, um, your, your first day there. And the head nurse looked at me. She said, I hope you like loud music. And we are a music family. Um, my, my family was up here. I do love music. 
And she said, we play it loud here. And I said, well, I, that's great. And so they, they turned on a Conway Twitty song. And, you know, and I didn't know, it was, but that was my mom's absolute favorite. We listened to Conway Twitty all the time. And I didn't realize until I was an adult that he was very inappropriate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she loved him. And I, and I felt at that moment, I felt like before I'd walked in there, I just said, God, give me peace. And I felt like Jesus was sitting right there with me. And your mom's not here, but I'm going to give you this song. And what was funny about that, it meant so much to me, is I did 20 weeks of chemo, and then after that, I, I spent another year going for, like, um, a treatment. They never played a song again. They never played music again. And I thought, wow. I mean, whatever led them to do that was only from God Almighty. And, you know, I just, I can't help but believe him. He's always walked with me. So... Why does it matter to you that Jesus rose from the dead? Why is that a big deal? Um, it's a big deal because not only does it give us eternal life, but it gives us life now. I think a lot of times we look at, um, look at the cross and we think, he, he died on the cross, I'm forgiven of my sins. He rose again, I'm going to heaven. Done. Check. That box is checked. But I don't think that that's all it's about. Um, the resurrection is God unleashing the power of heaven in our hands. I mean, we can either quench that power or we can unleash it. Um, and it is amazing what God will do when you will sit down and just listen and let him use you. Um, the, the resurrection gives us hope for today. It gives us hope for the future. Um, but he wants you to live life to the fullest right now. He doesn't want you to just focus. We should focus on the eternal because that's really what matters. Where we go in the end is what matters. God wins in the end. Jesus paid it all. But there is so much more to life than that. Um, it, it's our responsibility to share the love of God with other people. And... Jesus did not die on the cross and rise again just so we can sit back and know that we're going to go to heaven. That's, that's not why he did. There's so much more to it. It's that and some, right? Yeah. yeah. So let's go to the last one. we got time. All right. How has Jesus changed your life? Um, he's changed my life because I stopped living for Sonia. Um, I stopped living each day. Well, I live each day to the fullest now. Um, I, I don't rely on what self wants to do, which is hard. I mean, we're all selfish. That's why, that's why he came, because we can't help but be. We're selfish. But I, I realize that when I walk with him, I have peace when there should not be peace. I have joy when there should be anger. Um, I have everything I need to get through my day. And, you know, and, and it's a process. I mean, I didn't just, I didn't walk down the aisle, accept Christ, and boom, everything was perfect. It's been through all the things that's happened in my life that's led me to that point. Um, but I don't want to get out of bed and walk out the door without first talking to him. Um, and, and, it, and it also changes your outlook on, on other people. It, you have this desperation for the people in your life, if you truly recognize what he's done for us and the alternative, 
It's this desperation of wanting others to know the same God you know. You want others to have Jesus. Um, and you can't help but tell people about it. Even when I was um, during treatment, I remember this one particular time. There was this lady, she was crying, she was so upset. And I don't know what she was really nervous about, but I could just feel God going, Holy Spirit just nudging. Go over there. But I did, and I prayed with her, and it was, it was awkward. It was the first, it, to be honest, I am 51 years old. It's the first time in my life that I'd gotten up and just prayed with somebody out of the blue that I didn't even know. Um, but she remembered that. You know, I ran into her several other times, and she would update me on what was going on. Um, and that's a, that's a privilege. It is a privilege to walk through life with Jesus and when he says, oh, go do that, go do that. And when you do it, you're blessed. Probably blessed more than the other person is. Let's give Sonia a hand. Thanks, Sonia. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing. You can leave it. Yeah. Or you can take it. I wanted you to hear from somebody else that Jesus has changed their life. And I want you to hear this, that he wants to change your life. He wants to give you purpose. He wants to give you hope. But here's the deal. You've got to decide. Listen, you've got to decide. Is this real or not? Because here's the deal. If it's real, listen to me, then go all in. If it's real, then go on. If it's not real, then prove it wrong. But don't just sit on the fence anymore. Don't just sit on the fence and go, yeah, I'm not sure I believe all that. Figure out whether you believe it or not. Because if it's real, then it's a big deal. That your eternity, your purpose, heaven, your, your life, your very next decision. It is a big deal. And so this way I want to end today. I want to pray for you. I want to give you a chance to place your faith in Christ today. Just at your seat. You don't have to get up or anything like that. Just, or maybe to rededicate yourself to the fact that Jesus rose from the dead that he's got a plan for your life, that he wants to work in your life. He wants to do things, the scripture says, more than you could ask or imagine. But you've got to go all in. And going all in is taking one step at a time. And the first step is, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that, that you rose from the dead. Lord, we've built our lives on this. And it sounds crazy that sometimes that, that when we hear this, it, it, we, we may have doubts and wonder, man, could this really be true? But Lord, we have to only look to your word, to the life change that we see in those in the scriptures, to the life change that we see in those people that we know today. And so Lord, with our heads bowed, I ask, is there anybody here today that you need to accept Christ? You've never placed your faith. I've never understood that, man, this stuff's real. This is a big deal. If you'd like to do so, would you raise your hand? Anybody here today? Place your faith in Christ for the first time. Anyone? All right. And Father, we come to you knowing that sometimes, man, we just wander. We get complacent. 
But Sonia said, we live for ourselves. And so, Lord, I ask this question. Is there anybody here today that, man, you need to recommit your life to Jesus Christ? Would you raise your hand? All right. Thank you. Just hold it for a second. Lord, I pray for these hands that are raised. Lord, I pray for the same power that raised Jesus from the dead to work in their lives, to work in our lives. And Lord, we know that you are always looking for us to turn back to you, to recommit to you. So, Lord, I pray for these here today. And finally, Lord, I pray for those here today that, man, you're skeptical. That you're here today and, man, you're, 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 you're having these thoughts. Maybe somebody dragged you here, invited you here, and you're thinking, I don't know if I can believe all that. I get it. But, Lord, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. And I pray that you would give them the desire to prove this wrong. To go all in and whatever we believe. Father, thank you for being in our lives. Thank you for letting us be together today to celebrate your rising from the dead, the greatest day in the history of the world, the Super Bowl of Sundays. Lord, we celebrate you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.